everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpanito, your features editor. I'm Samuel Guglielmo, the reviews editor and also DreadXP's managing editor. And you're not in chief. That's not what he said before we started recording. This is true. But next, it sounded better. <laughs> All right. And uh, I'm Dan Rockwood, squid, ki- a squid kid in charge of all Inkopolis content. Oh, I'm Austin Suther. I'm just here. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, just, he's not like we just let him in on the street. Yeah. Um, you might notice the audio quality is maybe a little different than what you're used to. That's because the Tech Raptor podcast is on the road. All of us are in Seattle, Washington right now. We are at PAX West, and we're recording this the Sunday night of PAX. So we've seen pretty much everything we're going to see, except for maybe a few more things on Monday if we check it out. But we've got a lot to talk about. I think we shouldn't delay. Just expect this to be kind of a roundup of some of the cool stuff we've seen at PAX and some cool things that you should probably keep an eye on, yeah. kind of like previews. I just want to also say that we've had a lot of requests to remove Rutledge and Stretch. They've been heard, and it has happened. Mm. Now, can you, can you explain remove? They're gone more. forever. Okay. They're never going to come back on this again. Never? Nope. Hey, hey here's the thing. It, hey, Rut and Stretch, if you're listening... DM us, t- tell us. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, if we hear nothing, we're just gonna. We know that means we know something about their listening See, habits. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> if we don't hear a message from you, you guys aren't listening to anything. Yeah. Exactly. And if you have been removed, please remember to pay me before you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start with something pretty high profile. Uh, high on life. That's the new uh, Squanch game shooter done by Justin Roiland of Rick and Morty fame and his whole Squanch game studio. Uh, we got a chance to play it behind closed doors and talk to Justin Roiland about it. Austin, you were on the mouse. Thoughts? Uh, man, it's a hit in the making. What can I say? Uh-huh. Um, no pun intended. Everybody should take a toke of high on life. <laughs> <laughs> man, get fucking blazed on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, high on life. So I, I was originally really interested in it. Not as a Rick and Morty fan, because I don't really even watch Rick and Morty. I am a shooter fan. Not smart enough. Well, yeah, I mean, my IQ is pretty low. But uh, besides that, um, yeah, I was interested in the shooting aspects of it. Like, you you don't see talking guns every day in games. And the art style and everything. So, um, you know, I, I was fully immersed in this really cool, like, cartoonish, wacky world. Um... The demo. Kind of was just say the world itself was kind of on the quality. It almost reminded me of like Ratchet and Clank. It looked that yeah. good. Uh, yeah. Like not. I mean, I think Ratchet and Clank still has the edge over it, but it was surprisingly on par. Right. Like if Ratchet and Clank is Pixar, High on Life is like that one Apple Plus exclusive movie. No, that came that's, out that's too, no, that's <laughs> like you're talking shit with that. I was trying to be positive. <laughs> no, that's a good. I think that Apple Plus movie looks really good too. It's just uh, not quite what? Pixar quality. Is this the Maybe. Wolf? Walkers movie isn't that no, really the, no, the, the one about like the woman who, you know okay this is yeah. now off topic well, high on life looks really all I was trying to say looks nice I was good this is now Apple TV Plus podcast so severance season oh I could talk about severance yeah I could talk about Ted Lasso for an hour but we probably shouldn't it's not just like a comedy game, uh, as you might expect from Justin, but uh, you know, surprisingly tight on mouse and keyboard. Apparently, I was the only one 
we played on mouse and keyboard that day, and it felt really good. Um, enemies died pretty fast. It was a pretty easy game, but it was in the beginning stages. Um, but uh, demos are usually set to be easier so they yeah. can be completed too. You know? Yeah, yeah. The um, journals need to set to easy mode. Yeah, That's right. Because we're not real gamers. Yeah. Um, no. uh, but what's cool is like there's an alt fire mode that like jerks off the gun or something. And globs of slime. And when he when he globs, <laughs> it launches enemies up into the air and you like juggle them with your shots. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think it's. Pretty pleasurable for for the gun. So you know. and for you, comments. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the thing too is if you've not heard anything about the game, this is the one where basically Morty talks to you the entire. Well, well that it, one gun is basically Morty's voice, but there's yeah. other people like JB Smooth. You know, he is like from Leon from Kirby Enthusiasm. He right. Does a, he does a gun. We didn't hear him. I can't fucking wait to hear what mm. nonsense he says. Though. Oh yeah. So it's like your gun will talk to you slash at you. While you shoot up enemies, and like they kind of act as like, like Royland said, what companions, kind of like Dragon Age companions, but also they act as you know like the tutorial things, or like the, oh we need to get over there. The gun will tell you, you know, like here's your objective, but with some fun flavor text to it because it can't just be a boring you know mm-hmm. straightforward thing, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, there's also the knife that talks and is like uh, yeah. the personification of an Australian man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wants to kill everything. Yeah, the knife was particularly very violent. Like, like the Morty gun was like you know he almost didn't want to shoot some some things, whereas the knife just wants to fucking shred everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were like little things too. Like the the lead dev mentioned that so there was that one spot where Austin approached a door and like there were enemies talking behind the door, and you have to get in there to get the knife, but. Austin, you just waited, mm-hmm. and you heard them out, and then eventually the gun so- talks to you. Kenny's the name of the gun. It's like, oh, hold on, what if we try to, like, trick them and use negotiating? So, like, there was a whole other way to approach that yeah. story beat as opposed to just, like, bust down the door and shoot up, you know? Yeah, and I, th- I could be wrong, but I may have also been, like, one of the only people that waited because most people just barge in. So, like, right. it, I kind of compared it to Wolfenstein, the, the newer ones where you can listen to the enemies talk and, like, get some you know, background information, which which can be pretty funny sometimes. Right. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. There's also, like, dialogue choices in some instances that <laughs> led to some pretty funny moments. Oh, yeah. It was... And I mean, part it's just... You sitting at the door, I'm surprised more people didn't because waiting for the dialogue was pretty <laughs> fun. It was good. Yeah. Like, it, it really earns its humorous moments. Yeah. You, know, you might think, like, oh, it's a shooter. I don't want to sit around and wait for people to talk to yeah. me, but... It's pretty good dialogue, you know. I'd say so. And when yeah. it's one general comment, it was when we interviewed Royland for almost thirty minutes after. Yeah. And what struck us all the most was just how it 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 would been easy for everybody to assume like, oh, this is the Rick and Morty guy's making a game, and he's just I write some jokes and I'll do voiceover, but I don't really care about everything else. Mm-hmm. But he showed a lot of care in the game and a lot of. Like, when we asked questions, he was giving us very in-detail depth, like, a lot of depth in these answers. Yeah. That he obviously knows what he's talking about when it comes to game design and, and particular choices and a lot of thought went into stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, most of the stuff that we, we say, oh, Dev said this or this, it was probably, Justin was probably the one that said it and he considered it. Yeah. Um, so, we have, and we'll have a feature up on what we learned from him uh, also. But he, uh, that was very cool, just yeah. how way into it he was. Mm-hmm. Like, he would describe moments as, like, 
you know, he wanted to get that Nintendo quality of like it's maybe it's a little yeah. tough, but you want to get back in there, and it's not punishingly difficult, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And he mentioned that game Fist, I think it was, which yeah. is like a really obs—I wouldn't say obscure, yeah. but yeah. a relatively well, new. Mainstream uh, is pretty obscure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It not a lot of people know about. It. It's a Metroidvania that came out not that long ago. And That's the one with the rabbit with the giant fist on its back, right? Yeah, you would know about that, wouldn't you? Wow. Um, <laughs> you're, calling, you're calling me out before we even get to Friends vs. Friends. <laughs> you're right. Well, yeah. That's the name of this podcast yeah. now. Friends vs. Friends. Well, let's talk about Friends vs. Friends, actually. Yeah, That's a yeah sure. I got to the, so I got to the Raw Fury booth, which I'm now calling Raw Furry, because I played two games there, the other of which was Tales, the Backbone prequel, which is good, but not... It's really good, I promise, mm-hmm. but more importantly... I played Friends vs. Friends, which is about a bunch of animal people getting cards and shooting each other. And I lost because I played against a professional Overwatch player, which was not a great idea. And you're not a professional Overwatch player? It turns out I am not a professional Overwatch player, I'm just saying. You know, no. I knew Um, it. But the game is, it's a 1v1 or 2v2 first-person shooter where everyone has a deck of cards. And the cards are like they're different guns like you can get an AK-47 or a shotgun um they can do things like make the opponent's head bigger so you get easier headshots mm. or make your own head smaller um I mean there's like basic ones you know like go faster but there's also ones like one that just nukes the entire world and it just changes the map from the map we were on was like the top of an apartment building but if you use the nuke, it became like a crater in the ground. Huh. And then if you got a second nuke and the other person used a nuke, you all go to space because you blew up the planet. <laughs> and instead you have like a low gravity fight in space, which actually has like moon physics, which is really funny. That's kind of cool. Um, but it was cool. Uh, there's a bunch of characters and each of them have like different, you know, passives. Like one of them always starts with an Uzi instead of a regular gun. Another has more health. And you all get these fun cards and after... It's a best, you know, three out of five, and after every round, you get three new cards in your deck. So you can pick which cards you want, and you'll slowly get them and, you know, get cool combinations. I didn't get to mess around much with the uh, deck building stuff, but they let us try a couple different characters, and we got a bunch of different cards. So, you know, I had a really good time with that one. Yeah. I, uh, I tried it as well, and I think, you know, Sam sums it up pretty nicely, but another thing that was interesting... I talked to the developer, um, and I kind of wanted to know, like, you know, what's the monetization like? It's a multiplayer shooter, after all. And um, I'm pretty sure the battle pass is free, Mm -hmm. and the first season there's going to be, like, a toxic sludge theme. You get new cards for your deck that, like, you know, I guess use poison and stuff, which is kind of cool. Like, there's going to be multiple themes, I guess, um, as the seasons go on, and then... There'd be, like, skins that don't affect gameplay uh, that you can buy, which I think is pretty nice. And he really emphasized that it's a game that he wanted to, like, ethically, I guess, um, have, like, extra charges for on top of buying it. Like, you know, skins but no gameplay advantages, stuff like that, which, um, you know, it seems like he really got a good idea about who to uh, market it for. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I don't know if you noticed, Andrew, but the... Or Austin, you're Austin, not Andrew. Yeah, I'm sorry. Am I? Austin. The title music is a fucking bop. 
I actually uh, didn't have the headphones in because the uh, well, well, he he wanted to play without them. So okay, yeah, we were talking well, all the while. I played with the headphones on the second time because the first time the guy accidentally tripped and unplugged the headphones, which was <laughs> really funny. And Raw Fury devs, I love you guys. Watch out for those wires. Um, but the music in that game is a bop. Uh, they have like actual. Like, they're recording actual songs that are really good. Which, if you watch the trailer, it also is like a bop jam to go with it. So, it's like the new Bug Snacks. Right, nice. Mm-hmm. I love that they're recording actual songs. Yeah, they're recording actual yeah. songs as opposed to fake what music. Else yeah, in Final Fantasy VII, they didn't record it. Yeah, they didn't. They just kind of, like, no, found that's... noises in the wild and put it in. That's, right. that's how yeah. I compose music. Right. I don't <clears> compose music. Now, the real important question is, Austin, did you win your match of Friends versus Friends? Yeah, uh, well, he beat me, I think, mm. the first one, but then in the rematch, I uh, upped my A-game a bit, mm. played my cards right, haha, mm. uh, and uh, beat the dev, so that was that was pretty fulfilling, actually. Okay, so you're better than Sam. All right, well... Oh, I mean, I that was never a question. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm getting the professional Overwatch player to play you now. This wow. is happening. All it's right. going down. Okay. All right, all right, it's going down. Um, that's not the only multiplayer game that we've all seen. Well, not all of us, but I believe Austin and Dan, you guys saw Splatoon 3, which comes out later this week for all of you yeah, fans. Fans that's of Incopolis. Right. Really? Yeah, for all two fans plus Dan. Right. Wow, man. You know, two, two I... fan Dan. <laughs> you're going to bring this on in the podcast. I have to deal with this in my personal life, and now it's out there in the world. Uh, yeah, we, we demoed uh, Splatoon 3. We got a nice, you know, a, a solid 90 minutes with the game, which was the longest uh, I spent with any one game the, this weekend. And um, it was very enjoyable. So for anyone who played last week, they had the Splatfest world premiere demo. I played some of that. I was actually had some reservations about the game based on the mechanics of that. However, this demo put me kind of at ease as a Splatoon fan. We checked out some of the single-player stuff, some of the Salmon Run modes, and then played some Turf War multiplayer as well. Uh, I had a blast, but I've been a fan since day one, so that is, you know, I'm the target demographic. Um, Austin, I'm curious to hear, you know, what you thought of it coming in as not as quite into the uh, Splatoon lore as I've been. As neither yeah. a squid nor kid. Well, uh, first things first, I'm surprised you mentioned or didn't mention the fact that we got our ass kicked... <laughs> And didn't win a single multiplayer match. Okay. Um, Were you guys Overwatch yeah, Overwatch players too? <laughs> That's true. Hey, we, we yes, we lost. And then one of the Nintendo Treehouse guys true. joined our team and he helped us turn but, the tide of battle. Like having freaking Shigeru Miyamoto show you how to platform in Mario. <laughs> yeah. Well, something tells me, like, I love Miyamoto, but I he's probably not the best Mario player. Like, you don't know him like I He's do. probably fine. That's true. I mean, well, what about Reggie? You guys know Reggie. Like, uh, did you see Reggie? Reggie play Smash? I did. He won, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, he didn't. I know. I'm aware. Yeah. But tell us about Splatoon. Um, well, yeah, I had motion controls, which wasn't really my thing because I'm more mm-hmm. of a like boomer shooter kind of guy. And, right. and that was kind of difficult to grasp at first, but then I got the hang of it. And uh, it was actually pretty cool. I, I don't think I really care much for the single player, only because... Uh, it seemed kind of like puzzle oriented almost. Yeah. So the single player has always been the weakest p- 
part of Splatoon. Uh, I've beaten it, the campaign on both one and two, and I will do so on three, um, maybe begrudgingly, because I know it's the weakest. However, uh, in the previous games, you could find these sunken sea scrolls, which would unlock new weapons in multiplayer, which is why single player was always worth going through. I did ask about that in Splatoon 3, and I was told that uh, they will have sunken sea scrolls, but they're not going to be acquired in the same manner. So it's sounding like instead of hunting the single player levels for these hidden collectibles, it's going to be more focused on gameplay and clearing the levels quickly and effectively. Uh, so I am curious to see how that uh, shakes out in the final release. Yeah, I mean, like, while campaign wasn't really my thing, I had a lot of fun in multiplayer, even though like I said, we lost a lot. I had the paint roller. And it's like, you know, power washing. You basically just, like, do a nice little neat line with your paint and cover the map and maybe splat a squid kid or two <laughs> on the way. Did, did either of you try the splat, splatana? Is that what they're calling it? It is the splatana uh, or the splatana, but I think splatana makes sounds better. Um, I didn't try it in this demo, but I did use it a couple times in the Splatfest uh, premiere last weekend, and it's it's a good weapon uh, if you're focusing on targeting like other players and wanting to you know splat them. Um, but as far as like covering the map in ink, I find it to not be as effective as some of the other weapons. Okay. The uh, bow and arrow that they added was pretty cool, though. I think the, that's new, right? Yeah, the tri stringer is new, um, and that is one of the benefits of the single player mode. Is that does give you like a tutorial on how to use that weapon properly. Uh, so, you know, normally when you're firing it, it shoots horizontal three arrows that you can charge. When you jump, though, it moves to uh, vertical arrows, so you can kind of decide how you want to fire uh, based on that. Mm -hmm. um, so that was cool. I was switching up my weapons between every mode, which was funny because, like, I selected one weapon, and one of the guys from Nintendo came over, and he was like, you know, that one really uses up a lot of ink, so you might want to, like, switch out your gear to, like, compensate for that. And I was like, thank you for, like, taking this game as seriously as I do because <laughs> most people just, just don't care. But, I mean, they are Nintendo, so they, it makes they, sense. It's their job to... Yeah, they're, they're kind of into the game. As a person who has not played any of the Splatoons... Dan, is there any reason Splatoon 2 was not called Splatooey? Um, uh, no, it was a, or just like Splatoon with like the number 2, like Splatoon. Splatoon. Um, there were some really missed opportunities there. Um, I like Splatooey though, that, that would have been great. Uh, but yeah, no reason. And since you haven't played any of them, um, I want you to go buy a Wii U at your earliest convenience. Wii U's yeah. aren't real. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. never seen a Wii U in the real world. Yeah, I'm like not Wii U. I have one, but I think it may have been just like a schizophrenic episode. Mm. Well, also, Dan, can I ask, because you wrote an op-ed a few weeks ago that you can check out at TechRaptor.net uh, about, yeah, plugs, um, <laughs> about how this, like, Splatoon 3 could have maybe just been Splatoon 2 expansion pack. Yes, that, that um, is something I'll say. And, I mean, I'll have the definitive final opinion on that when the full game launches because I think the single player does expand the lore a bit so I think the Splatoon 3 single player is going to probably be really good in that sense but there aren't major upgrades in the uh, in the multiplayer aspect um, there are some weapons that could have been DLC so it feels more like a Splatoon 2.5 and mm. not really Splatoon 3 right now I'd like to open the floor to Andrew to, Ott. I just I, the idea of uh -huh. <laughs> of some 
be really into Splatoon lore. This is a beloved, beloved Nintendo property. Very yes. funny to me that this there's is, this lore to Splatoon and and like. I mean, I would argue Splatoon is a tier <laughs> Nintendo oh. franchise. Oh my! You so it's it's just below well, like Zelda and Mario listen, in my mind. So, so those are the S tier. Yes, it can't get mm. worse than F zero. Wow, so. Wait, so fuck Pikachu? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying Splatoon and Pokemon would probably be like on par for me. So they're both shit. Uh-huh. Mm. Well, and then I would, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I would put like Fire uh-huh. Emblem below Splatoon uh-huh. over Fire Emblem. Yeah. Uh-huh. Listen, I, I actually agree with. So, I mean, I'm not here to debate <laughs> the ranking of, uh, of no, Nintendo no, franchises. No. Um, no, if you, I mean, if you ever want to go down a really weird rabbit hole, uh, look up like the Splatoon story and the world. Oh, no. It is a post-apocalyptic kinda... universe. Oh, I actually, I there was a great war that took place between the Octarians and the Inklings, oh. and uh, the Octarians were basically shunned as. As second tier citizens beneath the streets of Inkopolis. It gets strange. Wait, so there's racism in my Splatoon? <laughs> yes. Yes, there is. I think uh, Donkey Kong lore is better than that. That feels very like <laughs> this, where the world is heading now. You say yeah. Octarians, isn't that like 80 year olds? Isn't it octogenarian? I believe yes. Sure, that's I know that's I know. <laughs> yeah. But like it feels very close. Well when mm-hmm. humans live long enough they do eventually become uh, octopi, so Squid it's kids. heavily oh, based yeah. on that. Yeah, it's just a logical conclusion that you bring. But yeah, I mean, there's um, just go to like the Splatoon wiki site and just read through everything, and you're gonna um, probably be very upset. What if I pay you to write an article about that instead? (laughs) I mean, oh man, all right. Splatoon lore explained. Let me think on that. Yeah, Splatoon explained. That's the SEO one. But can you can the headline please be Splatoon's fucked up? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's what. That's actually. That's more. That fits more for the Kirby lore. Yeah. Oh, Kirby lore is yeah. way cursed. Kirby is wild. Yeah, I um, want headline Splatoon's fucked up, and then I want to heavily, heavily like do a campaign with Nintendo to get them to like tweet out that article. Well, we probably do can't it. say fucked. We'll, we'll use the um, Xenoblade snuffed. Yeah, it's snuffed up. Go. Okay. Or go. does like Splatoon have like a stand-in, or is it just gibberish squid language? It's uh, it is just gibberish language, and it's um, I mean they're they're sea-based creatures, so it's a very maybe if they're underwater. There, it could be like mer people in Harry Potter, like underwater. They, you know, it's language above ground, it's just screeching. That makes sense. You have yeah. to read that article underwater. Correct. Bring your phone exactly. to the bathtub. Uh, let's talk about something that probably also has deep lore: Lies of P. That new game that's totally not Life, Bloodborne. Life of Pi. I Life mean, of Pi. Yeah. Lies of P. Lies of P. Uh, it's totally not Bloodborne. I think three of us at this table have played it. We also have a preview up on the site right now. If you'd like to check that out. Um, it's Bloodborne. Like almost I, what's, basically identically to it. Yeah. It, All right. As someone who hasn't played it, what's the lie? Don't know. I mean, Pinocchio. Is there a real nose boy? Grows bigger. Yeah. What's What's ironic about it is he seems to be the only real boy in a world full of wood people. Automatons. Yeah. Or auto- yeah. He's the yeah. only one that's not wood. Yeah. Um, but the gameplay feels so very much like Bloodborne. The combat tempo is very like heavy. Even just the systems around it, right? Like mm-hmm. almost identical. Like yeah. even to the like, oh, here's some esoteric stuff written for a description on the right. Yeah, yeah. Every description is just like mysterious and lore heavy, and you could probably read all the descriptions and put together the full story of this game or whatever. But uh, that was Hitler. Yes. Is Germany cricket in it? 
Maybe. He got um, eaten. Yeah. Yeah. I have, a, I have a question about this game. Because, yeah. uh, Robert, you wrote up the preview. And I did. Your headline, I believe, was Liza P. is Bloodborne with Strings Attached. With strings, yes. Uh, so, so what are the strings? What attached strings are we dealing with? Um, they're called Sekiro, a little. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, your left arm is mechanical, so you swap it out for other things, which then act like... What, what did they call them in Bloodborne? Like the guns that you would use? They had a name for that, like category. Because yeah, because they would all act differently. Like one was a grappling hook that you can use that creates like a really flashy attack, or a continuous flamethrower, flame spewing thing. Um, and the other difference, which I'm pretty sure isn't in Bloodborne, as far as I remember, is if you hit enemies enough times, especially with like the special attack you put them in a groggy state, or you put them in a, in a white, like their health bar flashes white. Like a stagger white. kind of thing. Yeah, and okay. then you hit them and it makes them groggy, and then you can do a fatal hit, which I guess is just like a critical hit in almost every Souls game. <laughs> but you can manufacture it to happen and force it to happen. The critical hit's also still there. Yeah, it is. It's in the same way. Right. So, overall, it is going to be very familiar if you are a fan of all the Souls-like games. If you played a fuck ton of Elden Ring this year like I did, this is just something probably to look forward to. What if you've played the only good Souls game, Lord of the Fallen? Well, that you have a game coming ago. in 2023. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did now. Oh, Lord of the Fallen. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah. yeah. I just... I just hope that like Pinocchio's nose gets progressively bigger throughout the game, and like I don't, I don't know. I would hope so, but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It'd just and be funny. I just want to also point out that we played that on a computer, a PC. Yes. Which means Bloodborne is coming to PC. Bloodborne finally Blood, coming. Bloodborne to PC. coming to PC. Yes. Yep. That could be the title of this podcast. We don't lie. That was the title of last week's. Yeah, podcast. yeah. yeah. We, 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 we did the title of this week's podcast too. Bloodborne now. is coming to PC again, again, yeah. again, again. Well, yep. Mm-hmm. It's Bloodborne Part 1 Remastered. Yeah. Yeah, this is but, the Bloodborne prequel, actually. Mm-hmm. The Hunters were actually Pinocchio. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I am pleasantly surprised with how much it nails that feeling. Because I feel like a lot of games that aspire to be Souls-like just feel a little off in different yeah, that ways. One that one gave me heavy vibes of it. Like, yes. pr- pretty close. Yeah, I think Round 8 Studios really nailed it. So, very excited for that. Um, Robert, I would like to take a break from video games. Okay, what would you like to talk about? Let's talk about anime? TV shows, yeah. Let's anime. Talk about anime. Anime. All right, anime. you know what? I'm going to take the reins here oh, because no. you got some shit takes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, this is a new side of us. Wow, actually. Actually, are you reading my uh, all anime is trash shirt? I am it's totally funny. wearing. It's funny you mentioned that because they are selling that shirt. At, yeah, they like, bought me that I, like, shirt. Almost bought. I, almost I bought wore that, it. Song, that shirt for Austin. Yeah, we bought a uh, anime oh. was a mistake shirt for Austin. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I, I saw that shirt. I really want to buy it. I might go and do that after this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the thing. So we got to see um, Cyberpunk Edge Runner, which is the new Netflix show adapted by Studio Trigger. Uh, it's in the Cyberpunk universe. We saw the first two episodes. And um, I was really impressed, actually, because um, I went into it, you know, expecting, you know, they're bound to this deal with CD Projekt to make a, a show based on their game, and we hadn't heard a lot about it. But, you know, seeing the quality of the animation staying consistent throughout and then how they stayed true to the source material was actually really cool. Mm. A lot of uh, Easter eggs, like, a lot of songs from the game themselves. Uh, a lot of team um, posing. And... 
<laughs> no, no. Actually, this show is more polished than the game. Uh, you'll be happy. Oh, that's, to know. that's good. Um, <laughs> oh, that's that. <laughs> it, it's true, and um, honestly, I, I really want to see more. It leaves you on a pretty good cliffhanger, and I, because I'm a weeb, I got chills in the last scene. Mm. I just—it was a really beautiful moment to me because they played my favorite song from the game, and. Just the way that Trigger animated it and mm. the framing of the shots and everything, I think, was actually really nice. You you agree with that, at least, right? Andrew? Talking to Sam. Sam's the one. one of you. All right. Yeah, uh, my stance on the show is that I'm not really an anime fan, but it was it was a way to get off my feet on the show floor for, like, an <laughs> hour and a half. I actually thought the show was okay. I, I just really am not an anime fan. It was kind of tough to follow sometimes. There's some really good parts. Uh, there's one part where they're like they're on the moon. Well, they're in a VR thing on the moon. Yeah. I thought that was great. That's, that's that was the fantastic. Part that, like gave me chills because it was um, so cool. I don't understand why the theme song is a Franz Ferdinand song. It doesn't fit with the show in the Wait, slightest. What, what song? Uh, Fire. It's. I actually really like the band, but it doesn't fit with the show in the slightest. Mm. Um, I thought it was good. My my. Biggest takeaway is everyone likes to always say anime is nothing but sex and violence, and this show is like hell yeah, anime is nothing but sex and violence, and it is a lot of sex and a lot of violence. You're, you're talking about everyone very generally. I, I, don't know I about think that. everyone says that. Who the fuck says anime is like? Who looks at Dragon Ball is like that's just sex and violence? Uh, you're not anyone. seeing sex when Goku's fucking. Uh, excuse up me. Yeah, like wait a second. Are you not seeing that's sex when Piccolo's on the screen? You I just asked my parents when they were saying was like a kid. bunch of. Come on, man. The fuck is Spy Family? It's like the wow. hottest anime out right now. I don't man. watch oh. anime. Exactly. That's, that's why, why I'm wearing talk. my. That's why I'm wearing my. <laughs> I don't watch anime shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess. Now you got to take that shirt off because you did. Yeah. All right. Well, I did watch anime. Once, once. only once, only once, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> only once, and because it was so hard to sit for an hour and a half. Now the show is the show is okay. I I might watch more just because the cliffhanger bugs me and I don't like cliffhangers. Mm. So they might have like forced me to watch the show at gunpoint. Mm. Well, when does it hit Netflix again? Isn't it like September 4th? The is the 13th. Yeah. It's sometime in September. So yeah. I don't watch anime either, really. I've watched mm. some. There's very few that I like. Most I abhor. Not mm. don't like. I hate. So you're not a fan of Ninja Goku or Pirate Goku? Oh, yeah. Uh, what, Ninja Goku is which one again? The one that's a ninja. Oh, that's the one. That, <laughs> the, the, show, the Naruto show. That's ninja he does Goku. the funny hand signals. Yeah, the, and then Luffy. Uh, Luffy is pirate Goku. Luffy is yep. Luffy. My understanding of anime is every anime has a Goku. Yeah, and that Goku is. Yeah, anyway, he's always... And he does the uh, Kameyamama. The Kameyamama. The Kameyamama. Yeah. Anyway, the Goku in, in the Cyberpunk, yeah, I like this Goku. Cyberpunk a, Goku. The Cyberpunk Goku is pretty good. Oh, Aladdin. He's kind of... He's, he's kind of like Aladdin. He's not he's, Aladdin. He grows up on the streets. It's he gets not, magic powers. Right, he right, becomes rich. Here. It's not Aladdin. Kid's really down on his luck. Anyway, he's, he's very... Uh, it's he's a really likable. I think the kid is. I think one part they're very heavy-handed with uh, like <laughs> guilting you into liking the mom a lot. Mm-hmm. Like in one scene, mm-hmm. like, I do all this stuff for you, and like just hate after thing after thing after thing that would have been nice to organically come out in the story, but they're trying to hit you with it early. Um, but there was scene one scene like five minutes into the first episode where he's just walking from point A to point B, and the entire thing is like. 
and this costs that much, and you need life insurance yeah, that much. They were pretty heavy handed. And, and it's like, all right, guys, I know subtext is for cowards, but come on. No, I <laughs> yeah. think I think that part is why it's pretty good because those themes are always prevalent and. Um, in Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, I don't think the argument is that the theme is wrong. It's that it's like they're beating over the head over it. It's not subtle. It, no, it could talking be. About, like this, it's awful world where you get charged in nickel dime for literally everything. Like the health guy's like, "Oh, sorry, you didn't pay for the good package. You're mm-hmm. fucked." Yeah. I mean, I feel like the game was similar to that. Like, it wasn't there a really early mission about like healthcare? And, yeah. 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 So, and and like. Just, um, what the trauma team like if you mm, you have to yeah. subscribe to it and it's like, like for the most exclusive people yeah trauma team but I whatever. mean they, they were I mean we, if we're gonna be fair to them they got 20 minute episodes they got what 10 episodes I think run probably or something like, like 25 that. minutes each that's usually 20 something minutes and they're they had you know a few minutes to establish this is the world mm. to everybody real quickly right. and I think they did effectively do that yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. It's not as good as my favorite anime, Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, but the it's yeah. yeah, another but, blue people really but cool. The yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that image. Is, uh, put them in. It's a beautiful <laughs> show that I think is... I think it's got a good setup for something interesting. Okay. I think if it's... And one another thing that's a little interesting about it, the main character is kind of stuck between what I would call the two different most... The two most prevalent worlds of cyberpunk, which is... The street kid world, where you've grown up on the streets, and the corporal world. Mm. And he's kind of stuck between two. In a way, he's definitely more street kid, and he wants to be street kid. Mm. But he doesn't really fit into both, and he's he's pretty naive, I think. But thinks he's, like, all street, but he's not, like, he stuff happens. Anyway. I, I do think the one funny thing was, for all the hitting us over the head they did, they managed to make you understand the main character is Spanish without having him say a Spanish word in an That's English true. sentence. Mm-hmm. That's true. Other. It was pretty, yeah. yeah they managed that. Congratulate. Because that was, I remember, that was the weird thing with Cyberpunk. There was the one, uh, I don't remember the guy's name. Jackie. But, Jackie. Yeah, Jackie. He was Spanish. And they couldn't figure out a way to establish their Spanish other than having him say, like, essay every other word. Yeah. I mean... Not to stereotype, but I, there's definitely that's a pretty that's not unusual for some people. Yeah, there's <laughs> there is one like two other thoughts that I had, and one is like I think the cinematography aspect of it, which yes does exist in anime, mm-hmm. frame the shots in a way that you don't usually see. They're kind of more realistic shots rather mm-hmm. than like um, like over the top. And um, the opening scene is very action heavy, and it like it's. Trigger at its best, man. Nice. So if if you're a fan super of super anime, it was it, super area. It, it was very cool though. Like Trigger is a really good choice for uh, this this anime. Hell yeah! Uh, while we're talking about anime, and since you've butchered Luffy, Luffy's Ooh. name, L- the pirate Goku, yeah, um, Monkey Da Luffy. I, I want to at least talk a little pirate bit Goku. about One Piece Odyssey because I know no one else here has, and I just feel like this is a good he time. Try, because, he kept trying to trick me into playing. Yeah, not because, for. because it's actually very good. Okay, so One Piece Odyssey is that like that Dragon Quest One Piece game, basically, and it genuinely feels like they built the gameplay first, and then it's like, oh yeah, it's pirates. Like it's because you know there's a lot of anime games that tend to be a little bit surface level, basic, whatever. But One Piece Odyssey really nails that, like, like there's some pretty deep mechanics to it. And, like, if you get surrounded by enemies, like, it becomes a moment in the gameplay where, like, 
you know, if you have to fight two groups of enemies at once, or like if your if your party gets separated, you know, one person's out there like surrounded, the other three need to fight through enemies to get through and like save the other person, and all of that's done in a way that turns a turn-based combat on its head, which is really fascinating, and like you don't see it that much in turn-based games, especially one that feels so faithfully Dragon Questy, so. I'm, I'm stepping out right now and just saying I endorse One Piece Odyssey. I think it's one to keep an eye out for if you're an anime fan. Mm. Um, I don't know. One, Luffy's like, he gets big he's, and small, right? He's, he's like Ant-Man. He's rubber. Oh, he's rubber? He's the rubber one. Okay. He's, he's Pirate Goku plus Mr. Fantastic. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Pirate Goku plus Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, there, there's one bad guy in One Piece who's like a god because he can electrify anyone, like call lightning, and Luffy's just like, cool, I'm rubber. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he kicks the shit out of the guy. That's very funny. It is very funny. I know exactly one thing about One Piece, and it's because one of my friends has been posting a million gifs of that little... Chopper? I, I the little reindeer, the little reindeer guy. What's why? You know <laughs> why? Yeah. Why? Chopper. Listen, hey, uh, EA Mono, if you're watching this, why? Yeah. Why are you watching this? We're also, we're not even also, doing why video. are you watching so, this yeah. video? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to this, why? Yeah. Okay. That's but. that's the extent of my One Piece knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think for One Piece fans, there's a lot of fan service in it in a nice way. Like all of your spe- like your mana special attacks, all your spells are all based on One Piece moves. Like, Usopp's Rubber Band of Doom. Killer animation for that. Fantastic. So, Wait, is Luffy the Believe It guy? No, that's the that's oh. Ninja Goku. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I really don't have a clue. Just think of them in terms of Gokus. Gokus right. and Bulmas. Gokus and then <laughs> yeah. go, every Goku has a Bulma. Okay, who's Luffy's Bulma? Can you explain this one to but me? Bulma, uh, but I gotta clarify, Zoro. Goku is not married to Bulma. Bulma's oh. just the more prominent female character. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah, so I guess that would be Nami in One Piece? What about Zoro? Because they're like homies. Well, Zoro's the Vegeta. Wow. Zoro is Sword Vegeta. Yeah, Sword Vegeta. there we go. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was Trunks. No, no, no that's, that's Sword... I don't know. <laughs> in, Nar- <laughs> in Naruto is... What's his name? Kakashi? Well, Sasuke is the Sasuke. Ninja. He's Ninja Vegeta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I see the trend see? here. Uh-huh. Everything is in terms of doing... Wait, which one's Piccolo? Piccolo Ooh. is Teacher. So he... Actually, he would be Kakashi, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would He would be Ninja, ninja what Piccolo. We, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> okay, never okay. mind. I regret it. Let's go back to video games. Yeah, let's, let's derail this weird conversation with another one. Let's talk about some Devolver games. Angerfoot game where you have an angry foot and you kick things. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something funny about anger foot. I uh-huh. fed what I assume is my girlfriend. I picked up a piece of popcorn out of a popcorn bowl in it with my foot in the game. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was my <laughs> We have to be sure with that. I was sitting at home. <laughs> and then the, I saw the anger foot trailer and I and I fed her Popcorn. Okay. With my foot. Sure. Okay. And um yeah, that was pretty funny. You ever see the old Chris Farley SNL skits where he's got like <laughs> he's got like Paul McCartney, he's like, Hey, do you remember like Yellow Submarine? He's like, Yeah, that that's pretty good. <laughs> I'll ask 
the uncomfortable question for the group: Will this appeal to like foot fetishists? Do you think is like oh yeah, as yeah. like their their you know holy grail of like mm. this is a game for us? Well, I'm not a foot fetishist, but I would sure. assume sure, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, wink, wink. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, uh, from a gameplay standpoint... I haven't been able to find my shoes, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, one last sniff. <laughs> this is the worst I've ever been this. <laughs> <I'm like> this. <laughs> from a gameplay standpoint, it, it's like first-person hotline Miami. One hit, one kill. You get shot or, you know, hit with a pipe, you're dead. And uh, same goes for the enemies and... The main thing is that you use your feet to kill them. Sometimes you can pick up, pick up guns and shoot them. Uh, with your feet? No, 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 no. Hands that's not possible. Um, so no bayonetta no. shoes with like guns on the stiletto that we saw. We we should ch- you know we need to go back and talk to the there might, there might be in there. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just fun, fast paced. It's stupid fun. Knows what it is, and mm-hmm. that's all there is to it. Like. Just yeah. kick down doors and shoot them. Yeah, that's basically yeah. It is just right. It's a first person online Miami s thing. It's really the easiest way to describe mm-hmm. with a really quirky, weird sense of humor yeah. with this foot guy. Mm-hmm. Would you find it's like much more of like an action based game as opposed to like strategy or? Uh, I mean, there's yeah. the, you can take a strategic approach after dying a bit. Like you see where enemies are going to be. It's not like randomized or anything. And uh, you can kind of tune it, but it, yeah. it, it's still very much in action. I game. guess I would think uh, the two combinations I'd put is, is Super Hot plus Hotline Miami. Yeah. Super and Hotline feet. Miami. And, and feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not slow. You're not, like, slowing st- time down or anything, but that same, like, way Super Hot works. Yeah. Right, right. Feels similar. Right. Like every little movement matters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about Gunbrella? What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, what a title, Gunbrella. It umbrella. says everything you need to know, really. <laughs> you have a gun, and it's an umbrella as well. Uh, what's really cool about it is that the umbrella allows you to move around the stage really cool. Like, you can shoot up and over obstacles. Um, you can deflect, like, bullets and stuff from enemies. Um, this is a 2D, like, side-scrolling type. I wouldn't say it's a Metroidvania. But like it's kind of got those vibes to it. Yeah, it's not. There's not as much of like a labyrinth with backtracking like a Metroidvania would. But it does have like it's a very retro inspired game with like you know pixelated um, art style. But uh, the movement with the umbrella, like you said, is really cool because you can activate it pretty much any time, and you can go shooting in any direction um, with a like a thruster boost, which was really cool. Uh, and you have different ammo for the gun too, yeah. so you could lob grenades, you could shoot bullets. Uh, and I uh, I died a number of times before I, I gave up in the demo. Were you able to get all the way to the boss of what we saw? Uh, I, well, I died once, and that's when I backtracked a bit, and uh, unfortunately due to the way conventions are, you kind of have only so much time, but I got a, right. a good chunk of it in. Um, didn't make it to the boss, but i definitely like to see it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a lot of fun. Nice, nice. I beat the boss. I didn't play the game, but I beat the boss. Uh, Why are you here? Pro gamer. <laughs> uh, let's see. We also saw Planet of Lana. I think Dan and... 
Yeah, um, I think Otten played it uh, more, had more of an opportunity than I did, but I did sit down and play a bit of it. The big thing that struck me from this game, it's uh, a very, like, watercolor-type art style, and you're playing as this character kind of exploring this uh, this planet. I think that the subtitle of the game is literally an off-Earth odyssey, mm-hmm. and it has puzzle-solving elements, I did not encounter any enemies when I played, so I don't know if there are none in the game. Okay, so so Otten knows more about that. Um, but what I found was it was just like a very relaxing kind of go at your own pace. You have this uh, companion character who is very cat-like, but I don't believe is is a cat. It's but... like a shadow cat thing. I think it's name is Mui. Could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Mui, the kind of cat. I think it's Mui. Yeah. So for me, um, I'm I'm pretty excited for this because it's. Uh, if you want just like a, a relaxing game, or, or at least parts of it uh, relaxing with like a chill soundtrack and these really like pretty like watercolor like vistas in the background as you uh, explore this side-scrolling adventure, it's uh, it's a good opportunity. It's a gorgeous game. Nice, gorgeous game. Super chill. Yeah. Even when enemies come in, they're like these spider robot dudes, um, and a lot of it's avoiding it, like crouching in grass or whatever. Mm. Um, but later on, like they set up environmental puzzles where you have to use Mui to. I really hope the cat's name is Mui, and I'm not just saying something random. Right <laughs> what if it's Meowy? I kind of hope not, because that's lamer. What if it's Dog? Okay. Dog the cat. Dog the cat. Uh, dog the not cat. They set these like environmental things where you. Uh, well, I guess one thing we didn't describe, but you have Mui is kind of like uh, you move around almost like the Last Guardian, but obviously you only have two. It's two D. Right. Where you point cat to go do something like go snip this wire or go do this whatever um and you can tell the cat to stay or come with you and it stay means certain things like to will activate certain things like seems like there's some some connection this cat has with this world that will activate certain things that happen uh but you'll send the cat off to to go do stuff and like in the one part that i did at the enemy i had to avoid him in Grass. I had to send the cat underground so it would avoid it, and then set myself up somewhere else before the cat could go cut a thing. And then I had to poke myself out of the grass to get the robot's attention and time it to where it would crush it with a piece of lumber. Wow! And it sounds that sounds more complicated than it was really, mm-hmm. um, but it's very yeah, even the egg. It wasn't really stressful. It was it was definitely a puzzle right. still. Uh, but it's a, it's a super chill and gorgeous game that really uh, gave me inside vibes in terms of the satisfaction of playing it. It's definitely not the atmosphere of inside in any way or looks like it. But it's uh, a really good, fun game. Yeah, because I remember seeing it and it's very like like hand drawn, right? It's a hand drawn. I, I you're right. I think watercolor is the closest. Yeah. It does not. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it is watercolor, but it's a very evocative of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I wish uh, I wish it was possible for me to show you like B roll with this podcast or, mm-hmm. or something. It's, but it's you know, excellent. you're listening to it. Um, but no, definitely like I recommend people check out the trailer. It's. Um, it's just a, a really cool art style and not something I've seen a ton of in the game space, so definitely stuck out to me. Yeah, and that's Planet of Lana, because you did actually see a game that does look more like Inside, or artistically speaking. One last breath? Yes, so I demoed that uh, just this morning, so it's pretty fresh in my head. Um, one last breath, uh, if you're familiar with the video game Inside, it is very similar to that in tone and style. Um, mm. It is this... 
you could call it post-apocalyptic, but basically, like, humanity has moved on. Uh, nature, in a way, has kind of taken over, but there's still, like, pollution. There are, like, power plants in the background and stuff like that. Uh, and the idea is when I was talking with the developer this morning and asking questions and uh, he mentioned, you know, you're playing as a personification of nature itself. And the idea is you're trying to bring nature back and help it recover through the course of the game. Uh, there are some really like almost Lovecraftian enemies that are just like horrifying and will run after you and there's no way to fight. You just have to run away. Mm, and, uh, yeah, one of the big things I asked was, uh, basically asked was, like, what's up with the enemies? What's going on? Like, what's up with this world? And the developer straight up told me, like, our goal is we want the player, when they finish the game, to have more questions than answers. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of lore. As you play the game, you're going to find out <laughs> about, you know, you're going to find out more things, but uh, there's definitely going to be questions. And there are multiple endings. So ah. if you want to get really deep into it and explore and search for all these hidden areas, you can... Uh, you can unlock the true ending uh, of the game. I got to play that too, and the computer that I was on was attached to the big TV that shows everyone outside oh, what fun. you're doing. <laughs> and the entire time I'm playing, I'm like trying to figure out this puzzle, and all I could think of is, I need to solve this. I look like an <laughs> idiot. Please, like, I need to solve this. Oh, the puzzles are not... I, the ones in the demo weren't super hard, but there's one that... It's just a, a lot of the puzzle mechanic is you can go to these special interact points and cause vines to grow or shrink, which, you know, opens doors, raises uh, raises platforms, stuff like that. And it was a simple puzzle. It's just, like, raising and lowering as needed, moving a box around. But, boy, did I feel like an idiot. And a bunch of people got to see me being an idiot. <laughs> and yeah, I was, we see that every day. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I was kind of worried the devs were going to, like, stop me playing. Be like, all right, you need to stop now. It's, it's, <laughs> you're making our game look bad. You felt like an average Twitch streamer moment. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Average Twitch streamer moment. Yeah, all eyes on you. I uh, really don't like demoing like puzzle games, especially on a show floor with people watching, because it just shows how inept I can be at times. <laughs> and the, Sometimes the solutions are so obvious. Um, what part of these puzzles, you could move like a box or a crate to help reach other areas, which I think works for this game, but I'm just going to say, you know, as a mechanic, I don't love moving boxes to, like, reach higher areas. Like, I feel like we've reached a point in game technology, we should have, like, more interesting puzzles than move this box to this place and then use it to reach that platform. What if instead of a box, it's like a dumpster? That would be a little bit better and would, like, fit into the environment, okay? Mm -hmm. But I just, I feel like there's so many different... You know, we don't necessarily need to reinvent the wheel or reinvent the box, but it's like there's so many puzzle games that you can take really cool, interesting like inspiration from. Um, this game, I'm more forgiving of it just based on the nature, but in a game like Horizon Forbidden West, where there are entire areas that are based around like moving crates to like reach different platforms, uh, it's it's unnecessary and I don't like it. You're saying that developers need to think outside the box. That but, is um, the correct, <laughs> correct. Uh, but no, I, I enjoyed this game. It was um, it was super charming, and I really enjoyed my time talking with the dev as well. Uh, and they're putting a, a lot of you know care into this game. And uh, oh, something important to mention: it's uh, it's all about you know nature helping Earth recover. Mm -hmm. And they said for every uh, I believe platinum trophy they're getting, the studio is uh, planting a tree uh, in real life. And I believe he mentioned something 
Uh, it may have been um, related to like wish lists on Steam, like the oh. number of wish lists they get. They are also planting trees, so it's uh, they're they're really focused on their impact because they are you know you're going to have some pollution just in developing a game with electricity and everything. They're doing what they can to be kind of like a net neutral. Uh, in terms of the environment, so they're trying to help rebuild some of the forests and yeah. stuff. Spreading. So that's, that's I thought amazing. that was cool. Speaking that's of cool. environments, have any of you guys passed Terra Nils booth and picked up one of their cards? No. Their cards are biodegradable with oh, seeds, seeds in, in them. <laughs> so if you like, you know, you can throw it in the ground, put some water on it, and you'll get plants, which that's fits with the theme in the out. game, along with one last breath. But it's really cool. So you're telling me one last breath is maybe the first time in over a decade where achievements actually matter. No. Achievements never matter. No, are, are doors that, that, yeah, they matter. Are you like a garbage human being if you're not getting the platinum? Uh, I, are I they going to guilt you into it? Like, you put all this time into it and, and you're affected the environment just by playing it, using power to do it, and you're right. not going to get the platinum thing so the trees get planted. Is it going to be, be a really hard platinum? I don't want to put that much effort into Sam, it. So Sam is is okay with being a piece of shit human being yeah. because he doesn't want to put the effort in. Well, that's why I'm wearing my I'm a piece of shit human being shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of shirts on. Yeah, it's kind of cumbersome. <laughs> well, with all of these insults, it feels like we're in a wrestling ring. Because we also checked out <laughs> Wow, so clever Wrestle Quest. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we need to put some grease on that. Uh... On that uh, what? That trans uh, segue? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we did see Wrestle Quest, which is a, a JRPG about wrestling. Yeah, and it was very fun. Amazing. Yeah, they had a uh, the, the one of the voice actors was out there uh, cosplaying as Macho Man Randy Savage himself. And it's not like they're making fake names of fi- of actual wrestlers. No, they're using their actual images and names, and uh, call like all their like catchphrases and everything. It's all in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, the story revolves around a kid named. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> he's like he's the best. His name's Randy Santos. He, yeah. he wants to become. He's going to become um, the muchacho man. The muchacho man. <laughs> he's going to become the muchacho man, and he uh, he still firmly believes that wrestling is real. Yeah. And a lot of the dialogue is like, like he talks to a fellow wrestler, and he's like, "Oh, I just got to like get this gimmick right so the writers will like me." And muchacho man is like, "Writers, what are you talking about? What this delu- poor delusional yeah, guy?" Yeah, the guy, guy leaves. What an yeah, idiot. Yeah, what what idiot. yeah, and Otten, I think you put it well. He's like the anti-Deadpool. Yeah, so he's the complete <laughs> opposite of Deadpool. Just unfucking. <laughs> aware yeah. of anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it leads to some amazing dialogue. But you know, there's other things, like, I think there's this one, like, bad guy named Stone Age. And, Maybe. yeah, and there's just a line, you know, that's the bottom line, because Stone Age said so. It's, so, you, you know, if you're a fan of wrestling, especially, yeah. like, the Attitude Era and a little before that, like, this, this is a, a lot of genuine, like, JRPG, like, mechanics. Like, it's got a pretty, it seemed like, involved um, turn-based mechanic. Mm. Of of combat where you're involved, where you're having to time some stuff. There's a hype meter yeah. where you're always fighting in front of a crowd, mm-hmm. and so you have to win the crowd over. And if you do certain things, like you do the same move over and over again, the crowd's like, "This is boring." Right. And, and the dev mentioned that's like their way of getting around, like because you know in some JRPGs, especially old school ones, it can be like you're just hitting the same spells. The same thing, yeah. yeah. So they want to get around that. So it's like 
sure you could strike, but then you can just taunt, which literally does nothing except for yeah. like hype up. Hypes the crowd. up the media. Like you right. go up and taunt and walk back, and then they just go. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then there's uh, gimmicks, which are your spells. Yeah, and that's also how you pin. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You can't. You don't have to get them to zero. You pin the enemy. That's right. Yeah, with a QTE event. Kinda. Damage them enough, and then you pin them. And if you fail, they hop back up with some health. Mm-hmm. But then the next time you pin them, it's easier to keep them down, just yeah. like in a real wrestling match. And they have like, like wrestling moves as your spells that are actually really coolly animated mm-hmm. and it well the other thing we didn't mention it takes place in like a toy world where you're a toy figure of the wrestler mm, yeah and like randy uh macho man randy sandwich is in as a character mm-hmm. and who the jake the snake jake and the snake, roberts um, does it have some uh, others i can't remember DiBiase, maybe i forget maybe uh, i only know a few wrestlers but does it have like Dwayne Johnson or The no, Rock this, this or the Scorpion area. Dwayne Johnson is The Rock, by the way. Yeah. What? You said, does it have Dwayne Johnson or The Rock? They're yeah. The Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, Scorpion King, Hobbs, <laughs> uh-huh. right, right, the guy right. from Doom. Yeah, they're right, all different yeah. people. The okay. jungle, uh, jungle Book guy, not Jungle, Jungle Cruise guy. Jungle Cruise, yeah, yeah, the Jungle Cruise Jumanji. guy. Yeah. 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 Does it have any of those guys? Nope. I don't think so. But no, this is from a different era of yeah. wrestling. Does, like that, does it have Hulk before. Hogan? No, I don't. I don't think they. I, I don't think they've allowed him. Yeah, they would not put he's him not in, in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just gonna guess. Randy, uh, uh, Randy's the Macho Man. Randy Savage seems to be by far the biggest figure. Does yeah. it have Bone Saw? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I think, what did the devs say? There would be 11 party members to choose from? Something like that. Yeah, and they said there'd be like tag teams and triple team moves yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So it's like, it. he was obviously super into wrestling, and wrestling fans will like it. And I think even non-wrestling fans will like it because it, it, it's genuinely funny, even outside of it. Like, I don't know. I know some. I know who Randy Savage is. And I know some of the big name wrestlers and the basics of what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was funny with, without knowing all the references. Oh, and before a boss fight, you cut a promo. Oh, that's <laughs> right. You have to cut a promo. <laughs> you you diss each other, and whoever disses the other the best starts with more bonus hype. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you insult each other. Do you have, like, can you pick your walkout music? Is that a thing? He yeah. didn't mention it. Yeah. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Will... Will there be a bunch of weirdo fans holding up signs saying, put Waluigi in Smash? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be good. Though. In real life, yes. There should be like an internet feature where people can make their own signs and share it, and they'll just like show up in the crowd. That would be pretty good. That'd be fun. That would be fun. There are some good reasons not to do yeah, that. Yeah, a lot well, of They'd be curated. <laughs> they'd be picked. Uh, yeah. But yeah, WrestleQuest. WrestleQuest was a, a, God, one of the so bigger surprises, I think. Yeah. It's just so charming, so it was, funny. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Austin, you saw System Shock, but not the old System Shock, but the new System Shock. But, all, but yes, also the old one. But also the old one, because it's actually a remake Old, but new. the old one, mm-hmm. but it's new. But it's new. <laughs> yeah, um, System Shock was pretty cool. I, I went into it knowing that it was probably going to be pretty solid because it's a very um, well received series. It's just that System Shock One is extremely archaic and old, and that made it really hard for people to get into. But with this remake, the visuals are done from the ground up. Uh, it's a remake, not a remaster. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the environment is absolutely beautiful uh, in a creepy way because it's this creepy spaceship that you're in. Um, and also, what I really like is that the original game was also kind of hard to, like, 
grasp the controls, very convoluted controls from what I've seen. Um, but I was able to grasp them really quickly with the way that they had it in this. So, like, if you're looking to experience one of the first immersive sims ever made, mm. you know, games like Dishonored, Deus Ex, and stuff Thief. like that, yeah. Yeah, Thief, then I, I think there's probably no better way to do it. And on top of that, it just seems like a really solid game. Mm. Well, you know it's an immersive sim because, and I got a chance to play it too, because at the start of the game, you're in an apartment and you can flush the toilet. And that means it's an immersive Yo, sim. That's like my, where I live. Yeah, exactly. It was immersive. So, in the first cutscene in the game, the main character flips off a bad guy. And, of course, it's in first person, so you get to, like, football in first person. And the dev was standing next to him when that happens, and he was like, haha, that's my favorite part. He, he, yeah. he did that to me, too. But, but you the, know what? It was cool. It was cool. It was funny. But... Every time we talked about the game, he would somehow tie in that flipping the guy off was his favorite part. Oh, my God. And he must have mentioned it, like, five times. And now all I can think of is flipping the dude off. Uh, that was my favorite part of what I did yesterday. Flipping the dude off? No, I walked and saw flipping you guys off? and just flipped you guys off. Oh, yeah, that was wow. pretty well, You were really just reenacting the system. Yeah, I didn't even know I was. Yeah. yeah. But um, flipping off aside, System Shock was cool. Uh, it was hard. I mm. managed not to die. But I came close to dying a lot. Mm. The you know the enemies were probably professional Overwatch players or something. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, I am happy the like at one point I turned a corner and there was just a giant robot with a laser there and I was like ah I appear to not be wanted in here I should go anywhere else and had to like run away from this just completely out of the blue. Some people don't even see the giant robot because it's just you know it's just it's a thing I stumbled across because. Right. There's no, there. I mean, there's a map, but there's no, like, you have a goal, and then you kind of get to figure out how you want to do it, because it's an immersive sim, that's how they work. Mm-hmm. And I got chased by a giant robot. Nice. And, well, what about in the game? Well, in the game, <laughs> I uh, I got to kill a zombie with a wrench, and Shodan yelled at me a lot. Nice. And Shodan does the glitchy voice thing, because that's where, as far as I'm aware, that's where the glitchy voice thing comes from. I don't, mm-hmm. feels like every robot since Shodan has had a glitchy voice. Right. Well, I think, I'm curious, because, you know, we just had, what, that Last of Us remake come out last week. Do you guys feel, like, yes, it looks, like, you know, from the ground up, revamped, but from a gameplay perspective, does it feel it's, old, or does it No, feel it's old? the, nah, it's the Resident Evil 2 remake. Mm-hmm. It's modernized while still staying true yeah. to its roots. Again, if you've even seen the AI in the original game, or not AI, but UI, like, it's night and day different. Much to its benefit, mm-hmm. just because like this game was made in '94, really fucking old. Mm-hmm. People didn't really, they didn't have the capability to make it like streamlined, but now mm-hmm. it is. Have any of y'all played System Shock Two? Yes. Have you beaten it? No. Okay. Well, I'm gonna spoil it for you, so you're uh, gonna have to like survive. Well, you're gonna spoil it for everybody else too. Yeah, they'll all survive. Oh, this really old game. What is there's. I want everyone listening to this to stop and go search the System Shock 2 ending real quick. Okay. Where they've had this game where Shodan's like, you know, she's like waxing philosophy the whole time. There's creepy mutants, everything. It's clearly like a horror game. And the ending is she makes like this big proposal to the player. And it's like, you know, you can join me. You can like do whatever I can make you a god. And he literally goes, he's never spoken the entire game. And he goes... Nah, and shoots her. And that's how the game just ends. <laughs> and I am dead serious. That is the actual ending. And I'm tr- I'm still trying to figure out why that happened. 
And when the developer kept mentioning the flipping off thing, I brought up that ending, and he started laughing, <laughs> and he wouldn't tell me anything about it. So I really need to know, like, why did that happen? Well, question, when, when he said nah, did he also flip off Showdown? Or? Uh, you know... Should have. The original or the original System Shock Two was what like ninety seven. They probably didn't have flipping off technology uh, back true. then. Yeah, well, they didn't. Flipping 99. off didn't start until two thousand two or so. Yeah, it was yeah. System Shock Two was before you started flipping people off. Right, right. exactly. Flipping off is in a post nine eleven world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Post nine eleven. We didn't do it till then. It's right. it's the, the post. Technology. It's the post whatever the apocalypse. The Splatoon world yeah. is in. Yeah, That's exactly. That's in the Patriot Help Fund. Mm-hmm. Splatoon? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought maybe, like, George Bush was just a big Splatoon fan. Well, I'm not even going to try to segue this. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about Demon School? Please, let's talk about oh, Demon School. yeah. Demon School is a very cool uh, game. It's a, um, I guess, what, Persona meets Into the Breach. Or persona, yeah. maybe not even persona, more like SMT, maybe a little more. I don't know. Uh, that SMT persona area. Yeah, the gameplay is very into the breach. The, game, the combat is very much that. Yeah, the vibe of it is very persona SM. Well, it's more persona than more SMT, persona than SMT. But also the uh, the head of Easebeard Games, Isbring Games, Easebird, I believe. Um, also threw out names like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yep. So um, take that for what you will. It's very I, absurd. Yeah, and funny. It's a little absurd. I didn't quite get JoJo levels. Oh, Fashmal Goku is in that, right? Uh, hat Goku, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hat. Goku. Well, hat hair Goku, yeah. 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 But it's uh, the combat is pretty complicated. It was hard to get a grasp on it with you know very little time with it. It was pretty complicated. Uh, if you played Into the Breach, like it's like that where you're having to be very thoughtful on turns, and right. you know everybody has their own ability and what it, in movement. The developer told me that. it was easier chess. That is literally the words they used to describe it to me. Easier chess. I mean, prob- I mean it could be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think chess is a good way to describe it. Yeah. Well, because it's like you have eight action points among your four party members, but each time, like you do one action, it's one AP. But then if you do a second action with, with the same, the same character, character yeah. that's two AP. Uh, but you just basically you walk into enemies and it does damage to them is kind of the kind basic of, for the, at least the abilities we had access to in this demo right yeah yeah uh, but I like the vibe I love the look of it the the pixelated I don't even I can't think of another game that's really close to it but it, it's it's got a great style it, it feels like high definition PS1 like super high def PS1 in a way PS1 yeah. personas but like with that Kind of 3D ish environments, but the pixel sometimes are, 3D know. environments, yeah, but sometimes 3D. pixel, yeah. Um, I just really liked where you'd set up all the actions and you'd see all the damage you do, and then you play the turn and you do all that, and it, it just looks really yeah. cool. It's visually yeah. exciting. Yeah, you set up your turn and then you press begin, and all the actions you'd set up go off at once. It, mm-hmm. I don't, it makes it look like an action game with it, right? Yeah, it's it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I. Didn't get a chance to play it. I just watched you on yeah. the play through it. But it has this, like, uh, that, that kind of cool feeling where you're like, is this the best, most optimal thing? Because yeah. once you once you finish using up all your AP, then you press, like, what was it, Y to yep. say yes. But at any point in time before you hit Y, you can rewind back. Yeah, you can so. work it through a couple times, and that was a hard thing. Like, when you're, it's a pretty complex system, so when you only have 20 minutes, 20 plus minutes with it, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to engage with it too much, but it was 
there's a lot there, and I think it would be very satisfying when you get it figured out, a little more dialed in. Right. Uh, also, setting up combos and stuff. I also want to give big props to the dev who was wearing a very big fuck NFT shirt. That was great. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Now I want to support that game. I, I didn't the, even see it. Bright pink shirt with fuck NFTs on Wait, it. And wasn't their booth like within eye shot of Metalcore? I feel like Metalcore yeah. was nearby. Oh, Maybe, good. I don't know. That's wow. I, I wonder, hope he I just wonder, walked by in spite. That's a big NFT. What, what, other, what other shirts, or what other booths were near near Gizbeard? I don't know. Who cares? Okay. Next game. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think that that's kind of the end of like a lot of the games where yeah. we have multiple people playing it. So I want to go around. What's a game that is your personal, like you wanted to bring it up? Maybe not, not the rest of us have played it, but... You know, you were like, yeah, I want to shout this out. Awesome. Yeah, I played a pretty cool game called Lunark, L-U-N-A-R-K, and I just found it really fascinating because the developer rotoscoped a bunch of, like, movements and used very minimal amounts of pixels to create very fluid, really cool animation. It's kind of got this, like, Prince of Persia, um, old school Prince of Persia 2D vibe to it, um, exploring and stuff, and uh, it's being developed by a single WayForward employee who's doing his own thing, but then WayForward is publishing it, from what I understand, which is cool. So, like you know, they're also supporting their their staff member, but uh, yeah, check it out. It's actually pretty unique. Hell yeah, Dan, what's your one last game. I checked out a uh, indie game called Jelly Car, which yeah. is uh, if anyone played uh, either Jelly Car, Jelly Car Two, or Jelly Car Three back in like 2008 through 2011, I think um, they're flash games. They're uh, they are um, basically. I mean, the the name is basically what the game is. You are a car made of jelly, and you play through these like platformer levels. Uh, I asked if there were anybody in the game who would eat the car because it was made of jelly. Uh, I was told no, so so don't expect that. Um, but you have these different abilities and power-ups, and you have to get to the end of the level, and sometimes you need to uh, activate an ability to fly up or go through like some gears. Uh, the nice thing is, is you don't really die in the game um, unless you just fall off the level like completely uh so but you can get crushed you can get mashed up um you're just jelly so you just reform uh into a gelatinous vehicle once you're done uh there are customization options where you can unlock different types of cars but then you can go in and just kind of like almost like doodle and just like splash color onto your vehicle and, and make it yours uh, so that is um, coming out uh, relatively soon. They don't have a firm release date yet. Um, but when I was talking with the developer, Tim, he uh, you know, was putting a, a lot of love and care into it. And it's, yeah. a, it's a very cool, it's meant to be like a, like a flip book brought to life. So it has like a very hand-drawn, like colored pencil art style to it. Right. Uh, and it's, uh, it's very charming. And um, if you enjoyed the originals, I think you'll really like this one. And if you want to check it out, especially if you want to play it on like a mobile platform, it uh, should be a, a fun game to uh, hop into. So now, there question. you go. What has deeper lore, Splatoon or Jelly Car? So I brought this up with him. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I said, so I, I was like, you know, are there any like secrets in each level? And he said, well, every level has a secret exit. And when you get all of the secret exits in a world, and he's looking to make eight worlds, and each world would be made up of different levels. Um, so there will be a, a final, like almost like a final boss level that uh, you would unlock if you do that. 
Um, but there are no, you know, things to pick up or like, you know, Bioshock audio tapes that will tell you about how the world became jelly uh, or anything like that. Uh, so the lore, not as deep as Splatoon, but I really hope if it does well, they double down on DLC and just upload like a <laughs> shit ton of backstory right. to it. So Je- Jelly Car 2, time to jam. Yeah. yeah. Oh my That's my goal. <laughs> That's go. the only reason he asked you to talk about that. This guy's it. Not even close. It's like a good only, setup. Only reason. On what about you? What's your last game? I played an interesting game called Tracks of Thought. Mm. It, uh, it was a small game. It was. It's. Um, it reminded me of Night in the Woods. So Sam might be, find it a little interesting. Um, in terms of the vibe and the writing of it. So the what you do is you're taking a train ride. I don't know why the character's on the train. And over the course of it, you're interacting with these the other passengers and other stuff on the train. And while you're interacting and making choices and dialogue choices, um, apparently the game is basically taking a personality quiz of you. And it... Uh, will then gear certain options that you have and dialogue that you have uh, and interactions that you have based on that personality. And at some point, you get paired up at the end of it uh, with uh, somebody who, a, a character who is made to, I can't remember if it was to clash with that personality on purpose. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is because it starts with a the battle, quote unquote, turn-based battle, where it's based on these cards where you're trying to come to a consensus on an argument because you're arguing over something um, and you both have health bars and neither of you can go down because you can't you know the the point is not to win the argument it's to come to a compromise mm. um, and I just thought it was a really interesting idea for a game apparently you pair up with that person after a certain amount of time it, it you know it decides your personality or close to it based on your decisions and there's some mystery to be solved some mystery to be solved on this train and that's who you work with so apparently you can that sounds really change the it can be quite different depending on who you're going uh, on the rest of this train adventure with um speaking of night in the woods by the way yeah uh i've continued my tradition of every convention i go to with you of trying to get a night in the woods shirt and them being sold out and once again i tried (laughs) to get a night in the woods shirt and they've been sold out so a little upset about that Mm. And that was a uh, train of tracks, tracks of, thought. of thought. Tracks of thought. Okay. Uh, and just for clarity, I don't know if this is going to pick up. There, there were some very frightening dog noises outside, and that's what Sam was commenting on. With the, the sounds bad, not the game. Uh, no, the game sounds good. Yeah, yeah. The game actually sounds really <laughs> interesting. It's a very interesting yeah. bunch of interesting yeah. ideas. I'd be very curious to see where it goes. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. thought the dog sounds being picked up by that by the I, faces we were making. So yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, well, I, I don't hope so, but for context. Um, but yeah, Tracks of Thought sounds cool. It sounds like a very difficult game because compromise is the. That's right. Is the compromise answer. is difficult. Mm-hmm. Sam, what's your one last game? Legally, I have to mention Sucker for Love, A Date to Die For, a mm-hmm. game that we announced. Hi, I work for Dread XP, I'm Sam. Yeah, well, we, we Dread XP, you know, we We, we Dread XP, a game that we announced. Nobody on the show floor has played it because it's not playable yet. No, None of you can play it. Uh, and I just want to say that I tried very hard to get the game called uh, To Suck To Love, but mm-hmm. nobody would do that. So, mm-hmm. Sucker for Love, A Date to Die For. There you go. There's my... Uh, there's my uh, marketing, whatever. The real game I want to bring up uh, was Dungeons of Aether. Mm. 
um, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, but, you know, whatever. A-E-T-H-E-R. Yeah, yeah. Aether. It's going to be Aether, and if it's wrong, you know. Yeah. Eh. Um, but it's a roguelike, roguelike, roguey-wogey. You landed on the There we go. I had to get the, I, you know, I was wearing my roguey-wogey shirt, and I had to remind myself. Um, it's, it's a... You, you're exploring these dungeons, and there's turn-based combat, but the whole thing is that uh, before every turn, there's a dice roll, and there's seven dice that roll, and they all have different numbers on them, and you can pick which dice you like and add them to your stats. So if you pick a five and put it on your attack, it adds five to your attack. But every dice you pick, the enemy gets to pick a dice too. Mm. And all the attacks in the game only do one damage, but the idea is that you need your attack higher than their defense... And then there's also accuracy, which gives you access to more skills and speed, which determines who goes first. And it was neat, because sometimes like it was useful to go second, because like one of the abilities I had was called React, which uh, if you go second, it gives you basically a counterattack, which if your defense is high enough, um, means you could basically negate their attack and then immediately counterattack. So it was a fun little strategic thing. Uh, you know, it's set in the same world as popular Smash clone Rivals of Aether mm. and the dating sim they are both spun off of Lovers of Aether as we all know of course yeah yes um but it was cool I enjoyed it and I it, it's a game I'd like to see more of because I could use another chill roguelike I don't want a roguelike 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 that I don't mm-hmm. want to think too hard about and that's always fun. And also, Sucker for Love and Date to Die for please buy the game when it comes out. Right. This is the marketing pitch. I'm making finger guns at you. I can't wait for the sequel, Suck 3. Uh, yeah, we're still, <laughs> we're still trying to pick a good title for the third game. There is going to be a third game. I can say that because we announced it as a trilogy. Nice. So nice. That's a, there will be a third game. I don't know the title for it. But, you know, we're, we're, if you have a good Sucker for Love 3 pun, send it to me and I will... It, it can't be worse than the tagline of our second game, which is, uh, no, it's the first game, which is, uh, things are about to get wryly weird, but, you know, uh, in deep speak. Well, if, if you said it in Tokyo, you could do Sucker for Love, Tokyo, Kissed. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't think I'm allowed to make any more Fast and Furious <laughs> jokes. I, I, I love Fast and Furious. I'm banned for making Fast and Furious jokes. What if you call it keep on sucking? Love is eternal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Keep on trucking. <laughs> that's a good one today. <laughs> if you could pass it on your boss. I'm going to get so much trouble. <laughs> They're going to listen to this and be like, Sam, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. That's my... I, I am open to any more Sucker for Love 3 puns. Of course, yeah. Uh, I want to shout out Superfuse. I saw that at the Raw Fury booth as well, not the Raw Furry booth. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's Diablo-like, uh, Path of Exile-like, you know, action RPG, like isometric, click here, QWER does your skills, and like right-click is also a skill. Um, it's a lot like those sorts of games, but the thing that I think really, that I hooked onto is I really like Path of Exile's like skill setup because you know you have your skills where you can amplify them and modify them in ways and superfuse is the same way so an example is i played like a sorceress type it's like it's diablo in space so they're called like elementalists but basically magic right and you can just create a wall of fire it does damage over time for any enemy that steps in the wall of fire pretty straightforward spell 
But then you can modify it. So I, at the end, had it mirror. So I set up two walls of fire, one in front, one behind. And then I made it wider. And then I made them cascade so they both, like, kept moving forward away from me. And that's just one, like, permutation of what you can do with that skill. So every character can presumably be, like, their own crazy... Like, you may have the same set of skills at the start, but how I build them and how Andrew would build them would be totally different possibly because you can just make these skills do crazy things and that's just exciting and fun to see all the colors go wild on the screen and it just seems like one of those games that could be really good for that yeah awesome yeah that's super fuse and i think that is our show for this week so we hope you enjoyed thank you if you've gotten to this point thank you for putting up with the audio quality no it's not again not what we usually do but we make do with what we have um, if you did enjoy, please feel free to leave us a review or uh, let a friend know. Share our fun little packs, you know, stories and games with them. And uh, let us know down below if any of these games were the most exciting for you. You know, which one were they? Let us know. Uh, we will be back next Monday with another podcast. So we will see you then. Bye. See ya. Since Stretch isn't here, at least some of these games are coming to Game Pass. Oh, do, can, do, we, can do, we say that? Do we? It, are we? High on life is coming to Game Pass. And Lies of P, right? So, yeah, there we go. I'm sure. I think, like, all of Raw Fury's games come to Game Pass. Maybe. Or is that humble? Who knows? Eventually, everything will just become Listen, Game Pass. <laughs> but Game how many. I don't care about Game Pass. How many of the games are coming to PlayStation Plus Essential Extra Premium? Bye! <laughs> <laughs>